Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got a nice guest to talk about why there are no more errors in baseball. <laughs> he wrote about it, Mike Axisa from CBSSports.com, and it was, uh, you know, baseball fans know that this is the case. I don't care what local broadcast you watch the color commentators and the play-by-play guys too usually uh, have brought up how the error has become you know a, a rare thing because whether dictated or not it seems the official scorers want to give out hits and don't want to give out errors and Mike you wrote about that and uh, I don't think you got any uh, pushback from people saying it wasn't true yeah and I mean the proof is in I mean the numbers you look at the error rate and I mean, errors are, I mean, they've been in decline since like the 1970s. They just keep going down. But really the last three or four years, it's been a, just an accelerated decline. And kind of the, the 2020 pandemic season is kind of like the breaking point. It went from, you know, this really high error rate in 2019 to just nothing now. You know, it's it's down so much. I, I did the math in the, in the article, and it was something like four, the difference between 2019 and this year, it's like 400 errors across a full season. And that's enough to it would raise the league batting average two full points, which I know maybe doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, a league batting average, you know, 250 looks better than 248. It's not a, a insignificant number there. And, you know, the league said that there's been no directive to score more hits because the big conspiracy theory is that, you know, MLB says score more things hit, so this way there's higher batting average. And we, sure. can say all our, we can say all our new rules are working. And the league said there's been nothing like that. They did acknowledge that they are trying to make it more uniform, that, you know, because, uh, you know, official scoring varies from city to city based on the score. They want to try to make it more uniform. They did admit that. But I don't know. There's a, there's some plays you watch. I mean, it's every single night you see a player. Yes. Like, what, what, what is that? How was that a hit? But, you know, ultimately, like, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, at the end of the day on the field, it's still a base runner. But I don't know. It, it just There's something weird kind of going on here. Yeah, you, I mean, what they don't get, but I guess if there are more – so many more casual fans than ardent fans that that it really doesn't matter, as you say. But they don't get that people feel like they're being played a little bit, and no yeah. one likes that. You know, I don't care what what it is, whether you're at the grocery store or consuming anything at any time. No one, no one ever likes to feel like they're getting played. You know, and and that I mean, I don't know how to quantify that if you're an organization like Major League Baseball, but I I just don't think it's. Uh, 
I don't know. I think that they should try and do something about it simply because it does give you the sense that because averages are so low, they're doing everything they can behind the scenes to boost them a little bit. And it just, you know, it's a little grimy feeling. All right, let's move on from that. Dodgers playing great. Braves playing great. (laughs) Only one of them can win. Who do you like? You know, I would right now I think it's the Braves. I think you just look at really the entire season as a whole. They've just been the best team in baseball. The offense is, is it's really kind of out of this world. You know, the numbers were, were pretty deep into the season now, and their numbers, they're kind of on par with, like, the 1927 Yankees. You look just, like, up and down the lineup. Their seven, eight, nine hitters would hit four, five, six for a lot of teams. They're really good. They're starting to get healthy uh, in, on the mound. You know, Max Fried came back a few starts ago. He's looked great. The Dodgers, there are still some questions there about the pitching, about kind of the depth of the team on the bench, the bottom of the lineup, the middle of the bullpen. They're still obviously really good. You know, this was supposed to be kind of like uh, not a rebuild year, but kind of like a step back, get a little bit younger and focus on the future. And they're still going to, they're on pace to win 99 games. You know, they're just that good. I just think the Braves with just the depth they have and just the amount of impact players they have. They have so many stars who are playing at a high level. They look like the team to beat right now. Yeah, they just demolished the Yankees in a three-game set, and there was talk of the 98 Yankees, which uh, was a 114-win team, and then I think went 11-2 and in the postseason. Uh, and there were a lot of comparisons made to that 98 team because, as you just mentioned, that was another team that 7-8-9 could really hurt you, and obviously if that's the case, then 1-6 through six must be pretty good. Yeah, and I don't know if the Braves are, are 1998 Yankees good. That, that 98 Yankees team is the best team I've ever seen, and that's kind of a lofty standard here, but I think just just looking at this season, the Braves are clearly kind of the best team here. You know, earlier in the season, it looked like the Rays were really good and were going to kind of be the best team. They have kind of come back to earth and are playing more like the team. I think everybody kind of expected them to be coming into the season where, I mean, the Braves just, they just look great and they've been great the last few years. This is not like an out of nowhere great season. They won the World Series two years ago. They were on the division last year. This is going to be their sixth straight division title. This is just... It's more of the same for them, and they're just kind of elevated their game just because you see, like, Ronald Acuna Jr. is really kind of coming into his prime now, and Austin Riley is really coming into his prime. So all these good things are starting to happen at once for them. Are you fascinated by the Yankees and their spending not equaling the consistency of, you just mentioned the Braves, the consistency of Tampa, the consistency of Houston, of being in the mix, of being there. Now you've got the up-and-comers. All of them seem to have some homegrown talent that the Yankees don't, and they, they seem more out of sorts than I can remember in quite some time, and yet yeah. there doesn't seem to be a hint of management change there. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, that loss last night, they dropped them under 500. It's the first time they've been under 500 this late in the season since 1995. You know, you talk about consistency. I mean, the Yankees have had a winning season for the last 30 years, which is yeah. the second yeah. longest streak in baseball. That's that's remarkable when you think about just how long a period of time that is and you look at how good other teams are. Like, the Rays have the second longest streak in the American League. I think it's five years. It's just absurd how long that streak is. And Yeah, there's a lot of problems with the Yankees right now. They've have not done a good enough job developing young players. Obviously, Aaron Judge is the exception. He's been one of the best players in the world since he came up in 20, really 2016, but 2017 was his big breakout year. Graber Torres is a good player. He's not a great player. He's not really like a franchise guy. But they've had a lot of other players like Gary Sanchez, Miguel Linda, and Duhar, and Luis Severino on the mound who came up, 
had immediate success and they just didn't sustain it. And they've kind of papered over these moves, papered over those mistakes. You know, they've passed on a lot of like A's and settled for B's and C's. You know, they didn't get Bryce Harper. They didn't get Manny Machado. They settled for like Josh Donaldson, which, you know, hasn't worked out. They, they were so afraid of getting stuck with long contracts that were bad. And they wound up with a bloated payroll anyway for a bunch of players who are not performing. And there's no indication right now that, that Hal Steinbrenner is going to make a change, uh, you know, whether it's Brian Cashman or other members of the front office. But, you know, it, it's August. So let's see how they feel in October and November. I'm not, uh, you know, I think Cashman returning is the most likely outcome, but I don't think it's 100% stone-cold lock. And you look at the season they're having, I mean, this has kind of been, you could kind of see this coming for a little while. The last three years, you know, they were great the first half last season, but otherwise last three years they've been a pretty kind of okay, mediocre team. And now it's just they got hit hard by pitching injuries. They're without judge for such a long period of time. It's it's just all these bad things are happening at once. And, you know, the last – really the last, like, two months, they've been one of, like, the six or seven worst teams in baseball. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the uh, – I'm sensitive to the death of optimism. It's not – you know, of course they were going to have a losing season sometime. Uh, but when you look at them, how they're built – how the front office stays, how old they are, yeah. uh, and how little they've been able to develop. You know, you talk about Judge. I mean, they had Brett Gardner there forever, and they just never were able to develop another outfielder other than Judge this whole time, and yeah. the years go by. So it's just an interesting dynamic where for an off season, unless something really does change, the Yankee fan for the first time in a long, long time We'll enter with a lot of pessimism, like, Ooh, I don't even know who we are or what we're supposed to be or what I'm supposed to root for. It's just an odd situation. The National League uh, wild card, let's talk about that just because it seems to be working out the way baseball wanted. You've got a lot of teams involved. Yeah. You had a Phillies team last year that, that, that got through the Braves, Mets, and Dodgers that were supposed to be locks. One of the three was going to be in the World Series, and, of course, none of the three were. So there's optimism. If you get in, anything can happen, and – Boy, the National League looks like it's going to be very interesting at the bottom there, even if the Braves and Dodgers prove to be too much in the end. Yeah, and I think, you know, you see the NL Central, you know, that division is certainly, I don't want to say wide open, but it's it's certainly more winnable than, than the other divisions out there. And, you know, the Phillies are, are playing well, and I feel like the Phillies are a team that's, they're built better for the postseason than the regular season. Like, you get to the postseason, they've got some really high-end starters they could throw out there in the short season, some really good relievers they could lean on in a short series. So we kind of saw that last year where they were better in the postseason than they were over the 162 games. And, you know, the Cubs have played really well the last two months or so. I was kind of waiting for them to just kind of go on a run at some point, and they're finally doing it now. You know, there's there's enough talent there that – if they don't win the division, they're certainly good enough to be a real headache in the postseason, and especially if Marcus Stroman gets healthy. You know, he has a rib fracture now. I don't know what the outlook is there, but the Cubs are really good. They have a lot of talent there. The Brewers, I wish they had more offense. I wish they were a little bit more aggressive at the trade deadline. They brought in some okay players in Canna and, and Carlos Santana. The Diamondbacks are kind of fading out of it now. You know, yeah, the, they are. The common theme here is that there were a lot of teams in the National League that were like kind of, they were early in the season. They were really young, really exciting. The Diamondbacks, the Reds, and they needed pitching at the trade deadline. They didn't get it, and now they're kind of falling out of the postseason race. That's kind of the common theme here, where teams that needed help didn't get it are kind of falling out of it. And you see teams that are a little bit more talented: the Cubs, 
the Brewers and the Phillies, who are I think they're in the top wild card spot. They're kind of rising to the top here now. Let me ask you a general question. With with especially in the American League East, it's a great microcosm, really. With Tampa and Baltimore being lower payroll teams and having good success in Baltimore, you know, having to pay a, a big price over the years to get to the position they're in now where they have made great decisions with young players and have a lot of reasons to be optimistic, what does the Players Association think of the smaller uh, payroll teams being more successful in many instances and therefore kind of devaluing what the Yankees and Red Sox and Toronto and some of these teams that have not had great success spending and the Mets, uh, what does it do to their overall view of how baseball is headed or what might happen with owners and salaries? You know, honestly, it really doesn't change much because you look at the last few years, a bunch of big payroll teams won the World Series, whether it's the Nationals, the Astros, the Red Sox, the year they won the Dodgers, of course. When they won the World Series, those teams, they spent a ton of money, and the argument was, well, this is not fair. All the big market teams are winning. We have to clamp down on payroll. And now that the big market, the teams that spent the most, the Mets, the Yankees, the Padres, too, yeah. they're performing poorly. Now it becomes, well, see, it's smart not to spend money. You know, whatever whatever's going on, the narrative is kind of crafted that, well, you shouldn't spend more. And that's just that's just the way life is with the union. And I really don't think that that, that this changes anything for them and, you know, you talked about the Rays and the, the Orioles having success, but they haven't really won anything yet. You know, the Rays, they don't have a championship to validate all this success about, you know, all this talk about they're the smartest team in baseball. They haven't won a championship yet. At some point, you got to kind of validate this. And the Orioles, as great as they've been, there's a lot of questions about that pitching and what happens when they get to October and all their guys are, they're already over their career high in innings. What happens when you get there and all your pitchers run fumes? And Yeah, they might know, be the opposite of what you talked about, a team built for the regular season but not built for the postseason. You might be right. 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 And are you going to pay Adley Rutschman? Are you going to pay Gunnar Henderson? Because John Angelo's the track record is no, you're not, because they didn't pay Manny Machado. They didn't pay a lot of the other guys they had the last time they were competitive. So we kind of got to see, like, okay, yes, they're a great story. They're having a great season. Are they going to get over the hump? Are they really going to go all in to contend there? So, I don't know. Well, we'll see what they do. But ultimately, I mean, the, the the prevailing argument in baseball is spending is bad. That's what MLB, MLB doesn't want teams to spend. The owners don't want to spend. So whatever happens, it's bad. If high payroll team wins, it's bad. If low payroll teams win, we'll see spending is bad. So everything in the game is about trying to clamp down on spending at the top. That's just the way it is. What was your uh, peripheral feel going around baseball on the Kevin Brown, John Angelos thing? Uh, it was not good. It was an embarrassing moment for the organization. Completely, like, unforced error there. You know, that was, it was silly. You know, it's the only did was recite a stat that made the Orioles look good. That's the thing. It, like, it was saying, like, look how good they're doing now. You should be excited about this. And they still, uh, you know, suspension. Nobody used the word suspension, but obviously he was off broadcasts for a while and, the blowback from around the league from broadcasters was certainly loud, but just other executives are, you know, like, like what are they doing here? You can't, you can't just hide from this. And this is something that the Orioles have been doing since, you know, John Miller got forced out years and years ago. It's just not a good look for them. Brown's back on broadcast now, and that's great, but this, this was something that just didn't need to be a thing, and it became like the story for a week, and it was just, just a really kind of stupid cell phone by them. 
Yeah, I guess the the lesson though is you know life goes on. I mean, these owners do have that kind of power. If they don't like it, they don't like it, and the broadcasters have to fall in line. And Brown certainly did, and didn't throw anybody under the bus on his way back. He wants to work, and it's kind of an unfortunate situation there because yeah. they all have handcuffs on. It's just a matter of how tight they are, uh, you know, in terms of how they present the game and whether the owner is going to be appreciative of that or not. And it was just a little reminder of just how much power they have and how. You know, the, the Oriole fans got to root for the Orioles anyway. So uh, no matter what, Brown's situation, they shake their heads about it. But then they, you know, then they quickly go, what time's the game? You know, yeah. <laughs> who are we playing this weekend? So life goes on around it. Uh, generally in baseball, Mike, we'll leave you with this. Uh, where are we right now? How do you feel about the game? How do you feel the Major League Baseball front office feels about the game, the playoffs, the, the general vibe? I know attendance is up. I don't yeah. know whether it's because people love baseball or whether they love getting out and, you know, going to the ballpark. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sold on it's the game of baseball. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the game is probably in the best place it's been for, I don't know, 10, 15 years maybe. It's it's a combination of things. I think you're in a, we're in a period right now where there's a lot of really exciting young players who you just you can't really take your eyes off of them, whether it's Acuna or Ellie De La Cruz. You know, it's just there's these electrifying players you want to see and. The new rules have helped too. I think the pitch the pitch clock has been great. You know, these games yes. are it's the same amount of action in twenty fewer minutes, you know, it's it's just so much better. It's just such a better pace. It's so much the game has been refreshed really and I don't know what, what to think about the attendance, you know. Yeah, obviously it's a good sign. Is it because of the new rules? I mean I mean who really knows? Maybe it's because we didn't have like this soul crushing lockout last year that was just unbearable and maybe people are finally over that. Game's in a pretty good place though. Attendance is up, ratings are up, action on the field is great, and it's you don't have to commit as much time to it. I mean, 162 game season's a big commitment. Three and a half hours a night is that, that's pretty. That's a lot to ask of people. So, the pitch clock reducing that, I think, has been really good for baseball overall. Mike, good insight. We appreciate it as always. Thanks for being a part of CBS Sports Radio this morning. Sure, happy to come on. There you go, Mike Exisa joining us. Uh, you can read his stuff on CBSSports.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.